The Daily Rios, Episode 429, News from Day 1 of San Diego Comic-Con 2018. Hey everyone, this is your host, Peter. Let me apologize in advance for my voice. It's been a full week of teaching, and I'm surprised I still have a voice by the end of the week. So, it is Thursday, July 19th. As I'm recording this, it's about 6 p.m. on the West Coast, So day one of San Diego Comic-Con is coming to a close, and news is just flying around Twitter all day. So it made me think, like last year, that it might be fun to spotlight a few of the standout comic book news bits for those listeners who don't follow news sites. And the majority of of what I'm going to talk about today is about comic books, and then I'll do some other media stuff at the end. And it's been uh, very DC heavy today. I guess it was. Be- I guess that's because they helped to kick off San Diego Comic Con this year. So we start with a new Shazam series by Jeff Johns and Dale Eaglesham, and they were a creative team on that Justice Society of America series that ran with uh, a bunch of Alex Ross covers, and I guess Alex Ross was also a creative consultant on that series. This was all pre-New 52. This series will follow the Shazam concept that was created for, I guess it was a backup tale in Justice League when the New 52 hit. And it was, at that time, Jeff Johns and Gary Frank, but Gary Frank is busy with Doomsday Clock. So that's why we get Dale Eaglesham. I like Dale Eaglesham. Uh, the characters, Billy Batson, Mary Bromfield, Freddie Freeman, those are the ones we know. And then if you don't know this new concept, we also get Darla Dudley, Eugene Choi, and Pedro Pena as they unlock the mysteries of the Rock of Eternity and delve into the secret worlds of magic to discover their ultimate destiny. Now, clearly there's some movie synergy going on here. And, you know, with the new Shazam movie, and that's getting a lot of buzz out at San Diego Comic-Con as well. And this series will hit in November. Next up, Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp on Green Lantern. And this was given to Joshua Yale at IGN. So instead of a big, epic 12-part story, the, the creative team will focus on the everyday life of a space cop. Basically, it's no more apocalypse-ending storylines, Morrison told IGN. And he continues and says the basic concept is that Hal Jordan is like a space cop that patrols a sector of the universe where anything can happen. We've made it more like a police procedural. Sharp said he's longing for the heavens and to be back up as a Green Lantern, with Morrison adding... We're doing Hal Jordan where, you know, he's a good cop, but is he really a good guy? And we're looking into his relationships and how he deals with people. And also the fact that if you've got a job as a space cop, it's hard to be stuck on the planet Earth. He has other lives on other planets. We're going to be looking into a lot of things that I don't think we've seen a lot with Hal Jordan before. And this will also begin in November. Next up, IDW is releasing a new Dick Tracy series. This was first teased at Heroes Con in June. Reimagined for the 21st century through a retro lens by the superstar team of Michael Allred, Lee Allred, Rich Tommaso, and Laura Allred. 
It's a four-issue miniseries launching in September. In Dick Tracy, Dead or Alive, the All-American detective just made the biggest collar of his career, and it only cost him his job. Now the honest cop has packed his bags for the city by the lake, and its criminal community is firmly in his sights. So if you're a Dick Tracy fan, there's a whole bunch of new Dick Tracy stories coming out in September. From Marvel, Black Panther's sister Shuri is getting her own series in October. This is by Nigerian-American Afrofuturist writer Nettie Okorafor, a standalone comic book series featuring the character of Shuri. On art is Leonardo Romero whose work you can see right now on Immortal Hulk. They will take Shuri on a journey of her very own while the Black Panther has disappeared in space. It will bring a domestic conflict to the princess's table while she is most at home in her lab working to keep her country at the forefront of science and and technology. Wakanda is missing its leader, so without T'Challa around, Shuri will have to decide if she will forego her own passions in order to stand up for her nation. For all you comics criticism buffs, uh, we have uh, news that the Comics Journal is going to return. It's going to come back with issue 303 in January, and then in June of 2019, we we will get issue 304. They're planning on publishing two issues per year. Uh, R.J. Casey and Christy Valenti will be editing. Inside issue 303, there is a Gary Groth interview with French cartoonist Tommy Ungerer. And the news focus of the issue will be on the so-called new mainstream covering the transformation of comics in the public eye after the graphic novel boom of the early 2000s. Along with other features, the Comics Journal print format will not intercede or interrupt what's going on on their website. Speaking of digital, Comixology has announced their new original content comics. They announced this uh, a bunch of months back, but now they have some titles with some creative teams and some some descriptions. So this is all new original content that's going to show up on Comixology. And the titles are Goliath Girls by writer Sam Humphreys and artist Alti Fermantia about three orphans raising a young kaiju who could hold the key to ending the monster war consuming the world. And then we have Grave Danger by writer Tim Seeley and Mike Norton about a secret agent who fights supernatural crime. We have hit reblog Comics That Caught Fire by writer and artist Megan Kearney and others, highlighting the stories and creators behind viral webcomics. And then Teenage Wasteland by writer Magdalene Visaggio and artist Jen Vaughn, about jerk-ass young teenagers who are actually the secret defenders of the Earth. And along with those titles, there will also be The Dark, by writer Mark Sable and artist Christian Donaldson, Delver by co-writers C. Spike Trotman and M.K. Reed with Tish Doolin on art. And The Stone King by writer Kel McDonald and artist Tyler Crook. All titles are available to read now and are free for Amazon Prime, Kindle Unlimited, and Comixology Unlimited subscribers. Each title can also be purchased via Kindle or the Comixology storefront. 
from Top Shelf, Star Trek's George Takei has a graphic memoir coming out called They Called Us Enemy. This will arrive in 2019 with co-writers Justin Isinger and Stephen Scott and artist Harmony Becker. Takei's first-hand account of those years behind barbed wire, the terrors and small joys of childhood in the shadow of legalized racism, his mother's hard choices, his father's tested faith in democracy, and the way those experiences planted the seeds for his astonishing future. What does it mean to be American? Who gets to decide? When the world is against you, what can one person do? So he's revisiting his haunting childhood in American concentration camps as one of the 120,000 Japanese Americans imprisoned by the U.S. government during World War II. Readers will experience the forces that shaped an American icon and America itself in this gripping tale of courage, country, loyalty, and love. That is certainly a timely graphic memoir. And then another news that um, I really didn't go deep into because I'm, I don't necessarily read these comics, but Lion Forge has announced that Gail Simone is taking over as kind of like the showrunner for their Catalyst Prime universe. I've always meant to dig into their universe and their cast of characters, but I have not. Um, I think that's very interesting. I'm trying to think of uh, another writer such as Gail Simone who was a showrunner of a superhero universe uh, you know I dare I say another female writer I don't mean as editors but I mean as someone who is actually going to be I assume maybe like a counterpoint to uh, Jeff Johns as sort of like a creative consultant so that's great that's I think that's really great I think that'll put some spotlight on those books and as I said I'm I've been always interested in trying to read them, and I just I just haven't gotten around to it. In other uh, media news, uh, apparently they've long since announced the cast for Umbrella Academy that's coming to Netflix, and the long-awaited Umbrella Academy comic will uh, continue from Dark Horse uh, with a book called Hotel Oblivion, uh, I saw some of the casting choices. They're kind of interesting. Some some actors who are far too old, I think, for some of the characters that they're playing. But, you know, we'll see. It's been a while since I've read the first two volumes of Umbrella Academy. I loved them by Gerard Way. I think they're great. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to read them again and then see the Netflix series whenever that airs. And then, of course, the big news for today the DC Universe streaming service dropped their trailer for the Titans, and then they also announced uh, a price point for their streaming content. So they announced that pre-orders for the DC Universe content have opened up at DCUniverse.com for an annual fee of $74.99 plus tax in applicable areas, with a monthly subscription of $7.99 also available at launch. All fans who pre-order before the launch will receive an additional three months at no cost. So that's a lot cheaper than I think people were uh, thinking it was going to be. Also, if you pre-order by July 22nd, there is a special Aquaman Premier Sweepstakes 
So you would be entered uh, into a drawing for two tickets to the U.S. premiere of the Aquaman movie in December. So when the service launches, it'll launch in the fall. It'll be available via iOS, Android, Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and Android TV, as well as web and mobile web. Uh, Of course, uh, as I mentioned, there is the Titans live-action series, the Doom Patrol live-action series, Young Justice, the animated series, Harley Quinn, I think that's animated, Swamp Thing, some people say that that's live-action, but I thought it was live-animated. And with the added news that today uh, they announced, we're getting a live-action Stargirl series. 13 episodes where she'll be fighting alongside the JSA, obviously helmed by Jeff Johns, who created the character in honor of his sister, who died in a plane accident. So that was an interesting uh, little bit of news that they dropped today. And then, of course, uh, as I said earlier, they announced, uh, they released the Titans trailer for the Titans live-action series. So we got to see Dick Grayson and Raven and Dick Grayson as Robin. Beast Boy, Starfire in action. We got to see uh, Dove of Hawk and Dove. And we also learned through the, uh, I think it was through the Jeff John Spotlight panel, that along with uh, Jason Todd and Donna Troy, who will be making appearances in the uh, series, I think it's uh, 10 episodes, I believe, uh, we are also possibly getting Superboy, the clone Superboy, and Lex Luthor. So that should be interesting. And uh, I believe they're going to release all 10 episodes at once. So the trailer has spun some heads with how brutal it is. Uh, It is rated R. There is language. These are characters acting in ways that maybe people didn't expect them to act. Um, And yes, it's dark. And yes, there's some stuff in it that uh, as I was watching it, I said, hmm, that's interesting. I had one thought where it made me think that the trailer was kind of evoking the same feel that I got when I watched the New Mutants movie trailer, which is being billed as a horror. And this felt that way too. And then someone on Twitter that I read or responded to me uh, wondered if it was DC's way of trying to do Netflix-type shows uh, for their characters. And, you know... Is it because Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and Iron Fist, is it because that they're street level and they're used to violence that no one seems to mind that there is violence and language in those series? I haven't seen them. I'm just surmising, right? But I guess, um, you know, that can't be done with the Titans. Um, and then on Twitter, I, I, I posted a bunch of, a bunch of panels from the very first New Teen Titans issue by Wolfman and Perez and company that showed the characters in places where maybe we forget that they were in early on in the book. For instance, Robin was completely at odds with Bruce Wayne and Batman. He was tired of being the second half of Batman and Robin. We had Donna Troy in search of her origins. We had dialogue where Beast Boy, Changeling at that time, where he says, I have to make jokes because if I don't, I'll fall apart. 
Certainly there was the mystery around Raven. She had a little bit of a whammy jammy on Wally West who thought he was in retirement. And every time anybody ever picked on Raven, he just flew off the handle. Cyborg hated his dad at this time. He hated his dad for turning him into a cyborg. And then we had Starfire, the whole reason why the team came together, uh, who was enslaved. And as the team rescues her, they kill some aliens. They fight aliens. Starfire kills one of her captors. And then they, uh, they all escape from a ship and they set it to explode, killing whoever those aliens were on that ship. So um, it was a team that had a lot of aggression and a lot of angst. And as I was going back through that first issue, I thought, yeah, you know, they weren't really a, a family for a long time. It took them some time to build some trust and they had to work through their issues, whether they were family related or team related. And they were, uh, you know, they were late teens. So they weren't the happy-go-lucky Silver Age Teen Titans. They were these later teens who were dealing with things, who were dealing with generational things, who were dealing with personal things. And some of the language, you know, they say things like hate. Kid Flash is constantly telling Robin to get off uh, Raven's back. Um, I think he even punches him in one time in a later issue. So, no, it's not a direct correlation to the violence and the language that we see in the Titans trailer. But we have to remember, it's also going on almost 40 years different difference, and the storylines and the way people write stories and what was accepted has certainly changed. So if this is a place where they're all starting from, and hopefully, you know, they go to another place uh, and grow out of it, then it makes sense. Um, it is shocking. I'm not going to defend that. It is shocking. I'm sure a lot of people were turned off. There's a lot of jokes going all over the place. But uh, it's a trailer. I can't imagine the whole entire 10 episodes are going to be as dark and, and brutal as what we saw. Um, but who knows? So I'm going to look forward to watching it. Uh, and I will make my comments when I actually see it. Um, preliminary thought-wise, though, yeah, I was left sort of curious. And it's... Um, made me question some of their choices, but, uh, you know, it's probably not for me. It's, it's probably for a younger generation who, uh, don't mind that kind of content too much. You know, um, I think I saw somewhere someone said something like, uh, you know, uh, why can't kids enjoy this as well? And I don't know. I was a kid, and I read some, you know, I read Frank Miller and I read Watchmen when I was really young and Ronin and um, people died and people had sex and there was nudity and language and whatever. And I I wouldn't have wanted an adult to hide that from me. You know, I was reading Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, not that it was uh, brutal or gory, but it certainly was scary. And it was way over my head with some of the stuff that it was talking about. So, um yeah, I'm not so overprotective of kids when it comes to this kind of stuff because I feel like they have a better sense of what it is than adults sometimes give give them credit for. And, you know, I also don't make the connection with, you know, because there's a Teen Titans cartoon that everything Titans has to emulate that or has to be for for that demographic, right? 
this is a streaming service that you know uh, has a bunch of stuff on it that appeals to everybody and uh, you know I, I imagine this is the same conversation that was going on with Star Trek Discovery when people were offended by certain things um, just because the creative teams were trying to push the envelope a little bit and why not you know it'll all cycle back at some point or another so yeah that's it that's the news for san diego day one i'll do the same thing tomorrow uh, for all the news that is going to be released on friday uh, for Saturday, um, I'm going to have to record a little bit earlier in the day, so I may not have some of the big news uh, because I have some plans Saturday night and I have plans Sunday, all day Sunday, so I'm not sure when I'll be able to do like a final wrap-up. Maybe on Monday I'll do that. So let me know what you think. I will drop a whole bunch of links in the show notes so that you can read up on more information for yourself. I'm sure you all are going to have some comments about that Titans trailer. You know, sure, bring it on. You know, it's not going to change my point of view. Of course, I'm going to still watch it. It's Titans. You know, it's not the version I wanted to see, but who cares? It's it's going to be on the screen. And, and uh, if the showrunners um, do even a little bit of what they do with the CW shows. I'm just excited because other things could come out of it, you know, like like the live-action Doom Patrol. Um, maybe we'll get some other stuff out there that, uh, at the very least, will start the ball rolling to get some of these second- and third-tier characters from DC out there so that maybe we can get some other content like animation, some other different kind of direct-to- uh, DVD animated movies, some live action movies, etc., etc., etc. I didn't even mention that there's a whole Batwoman character coming to the CW universe. She may even be getting her own show. So, yeah, you know, the DC universe is definitely exploding. And of course, I didn't talk anything about all the Aquaman hoopla going on because it's all out there for everybody to see. All right, that's it. That's it for your episode today. This has been the Daily Rios episode 429. Talk to you soon. Bye.